plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star. Are you are the party starts now? Well, welcome, uh, power partners, to our informational playground. This is Star Style. Be the star you are, and we are so glad that you are here with us today. We have um, another great show for you. And uh, we hope that you will turn up the volume and stay to the end. What's coming up in our show on Star Style today? We're going to talk about travel scans because pandemic fatigue has most people looking forward to uh, taking a trip somewhere. And people have been saving money um, to travel. They're ready to go. The scammers are also ready to take your money. So you can find out how to play by the rules, stay safe, and get the vacation you have been waiting for. In segment two, we have a special guest, Dr. Rochelle Calvert. She's going to offer some unique and effective approaches to healing trauma uh, using nature and body-based mindfulness practices to promote peace and wholeness. She has a new book called Healing with Nature. And this is proving that it's not merely time that heals, but what one does during the time. And breathing is a big part of it. So healing with nature will pioneer a path not just to recovery, but lifelong resilience. And in our final section, we are going to be talking about optimism. Were you born with rose-colored glasses? I mean, everybody thinks I was. I think I was, too. Well, there is that belief that the future is going to be better than the past. That's known as the optimism bias. But kids and adults both can see the glass as half full. And there is a growing body of scientific evidence that indicates that optimism might actually be hardwired into our brains through evolution. So you'll want to stay tuned and find out are you high, hardwired for optimism? The Miracle Moment is brought to you by Be The Star You Are. Be The Star You Are is available at bethestarur.org. And we're also uh, doing an outreach program now for, for organizations or shelters that might need some good books to keep you going and keep you motivated, keep you optimistic. To please contact us. Um, these are complimentary, and we are only going to need um, the shipping cost of $25 for a full case of books, and that are probably worth several hundred dollars. So, um, what the miracle moment is from John Muir In every walk with nature, one receives far more than he seeks. And I think anyone who is a nature aficionado can agree with that statement is that when we are out in nature, something just really happens to us that just makes us feel so incredibly alive and, you know, and more in tune with with our bodies. Well, let's talk about travel. Everybody that I know right now 
ha has already started traveling or is actually traveling this week because this week is uh, the 4th of July, as we know. So uh, people, a lot of people are going places and I keep getting emails saying, Yes, that, you know, I'm going here, I'm going there, um, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to just be staying in my garden, but we need to really be careful if, as travel starts resuming, that, that you don't get taken by a scam because the cons are booming as travel is resuming, and everybody's kind of ready to roam, but there are at least five scams that the Fraud Watch team is warning may trip up your travel. So let's talk about what the experts say you can avoid these five current travel scams. Number one, if it's free or rock bottom deals. Now this has been going on a long time. You've probably had phone calls before where you won a free cruise and all you have to do is pay X amount of dollars and then you know, you never get the free cruise or whatever. But sometimes there's now there's phone calls, there's emails, there's postcards, there's even letters with very enticing travel offers that look tempting and they also look professional. But a deal that is way under the value of a trip, for example, five nights in a hotel plus airfare to the Bahamas for $200. That means that it is most likely a scam, actually probably 199.9% a scam. So how you can avoid this scam is just don't, don't deal with the deal. If it seems to be too good to be true, just remember it probably is too good to be true. And if a company asks you to ever pay with a prepaid gift card instead of a credit card or a debit card, it's definitely a scam. You shouldn't have to, to pay cash and you don't want to have to pay by a gift card. Or if you're asked to pay via a wire transfer or with a cash app like Zelle, that is a definite red flag. And there are other danger signs um, are if you're looking at something and there are no reviews or two positive reviews or the pictures look grainy. Uh, those could be screenshots that are lifted from other sites. So just be careful. Now there's rental car cons going on. You've probably heard about the, the, um, the lack of rental cars right now, almost everywhere. I mean, there are rental, car rental cars that are that just, you know, small cars that are $500 a day now, mostly because a lot of the rental car companies sold their cars during the pandemic. And now that people are traveling, they don't have the inventory. So cars are kind of outrageous. So many travelers have been alerting the experts to these fake rental car company scams where crooks are setting up phony customer service numbers online. And they look just like those of the major rental car companies. But when you call them, they take your money and all your personal information, and then of course you, you're going to be stranded because there's not they're not going to that reservation is not going to be there. So how you can avoid this is before you call or before you click on something to reserve a call a car, verify that you're actually calling the real customer service department or that you're on a legitimate rental car website. You can always see that by looking on the URL 
to make sure, you know, that it'll say Hertz.com or Avis.com or Fox Rent-A-Car and not have an, an extra S in it or an extra letter, which can all be a scam. Now, third-party websites for TSA PreCheck and Global Entry Programs, these are another scam. There are lookalike websites. They're popping up all over. They claim to help you renew or enroll in the U.S. Transportation Security, that's TSA, the PreCheck, or the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Global Entry Program. That'll speed you through airport security for a fee. But these sites are actually trying to con you out of your money and your personal information. So in order to avoid this scam, travelers interested in enrolling or renewing a TSA pre-check, you need to start the process by going to the official government website. Go to tsa.gov. T is in Tom, S is in Sam, A is in Apple, dot gov. Anything that's run by the government is going to have a dot gov after it. And uh, since I do have both of these, I want to say it is just fantastic to have the TSA pre-check. Um, I would have missed so many flights if I didn't um, have that. So, And I also really like the global entry. It does just scoot you right through. Now, the other one are these disappearing vacation rentals. What scammers are doing, they're capitalizing on the popularity of vacation properties that are rented out on legitimate sites like Airbnb or um, VRBO, which is vacation rentals by owner. And they're offering properties online or via social media that actually don't even exist or that maybe they don't belong to them or they don't measure up to the gorgeous photos. So how you can avoid this scam is keep all of your interaction with a vacation property owner on the website of a legitimate company. Um, a request to take your conversation off the site. You know, maybe somebody says, hey, I, if you don't want to pay that extra, you know, um, Airbnb fee or the VRO, or the VRBO, I'll give you a discount. So let's just, you know, talk, do it by phone or email. That's the sign of a likely scam. So, and if the property has a few reviews that just seem too good to be true, you want to look up the address online. You can even check it on Google Maps and make sure it exists. The other scam is airport and hotel Wi-Fi hacks. Uh, when you connect to any public Wi-Fi, it gives savvy hackers an easy access to your personal information. So, you know, just don't use those free public Wi-Fis. You can avoid the scam by using your smartphone's hotspot to connect to the internet, and that'll be a little bit more secure. Or now you could also invest in a VPN, which is a virtual private network, and that encrypts your data to keep unscrupulous hackers from stealing your sensitive information. But it does cost. That usually can cost something like 30 to $100 a year. Now, just continue to watch for red flags. And especially if you're going to rent, just keep an eye out for a few key hallmarks of fraud. Um, if the host has a sense of urgency that you have to decide on a property soon, and as I said earlier, asks you to pay via wire or cash or a, um, a gift card, that's a definite red flag. And other danger signs are new listings that have no reviews or those grainy photos. And then 
Also think about maybe going through a brick and mortar company because the opportunity for vacation rental scammers to conduct their business through one of these well-regarded agency probably doesn't even exist. So boutique agents often have personal relationships with property owners. For example, there is Home Base Abroad, that's homebaseabroad.com, and it specializes in luxury villa rentals in specifically Italy. And as the co-founder says, with them, there's no one in between. She's been to the houses, she knows the owners, she slept in the beds, and she can share all of that directly with the guests. And the other agency that I've used is called Turnkey Vacation Rentals. That's turnkeyvr.com. And it's also independent, but you can check out every one of their listings. And they actually physically verify every home and every owner And they visit the homes regularly to make sure that everything's maintained, cleaned, and uh, guest ready. And I know I did have one problem with not being able to get the key in a turnkey uh, rental. And um, the the, um, turnkey people just helped out right away. So there also are the big rental platforms, including um, the Airbnb and VRBO that I said. But if you're dealing with them, deal directly because they have comprehensive security procedures in place. And VRBO actually provides payment protection against any listing fraud, phishing, or any significant misrepresentations. And they give 24-hour customer service. And Airbnb safeguards all payments and personal information. And they'll give you a refund or they'll reaccommodate you if there is a problem. So it's pretty impossible to be scammed using any you know any of those two um, sites as long as you're following all the rules and just remember there's going to be a lot of things if you're looking for rentals online that are going to pop up and they may be a scam so protect yourself well when we come back from break we will be talking with dr rochelle calvert she's the author of healing with nature mindfulness and somatic practices to heal from trauma. So we'll be back in a bit. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Come along with me. Stay here. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. 
Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called... Well, you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, your host. And as always, I'm very excited to share um, a a holistic guest with us uh, today, Dr. Rochelle Calvert. She is a PhD. She's certified in a variety of mindfulness, meditation, and trauma healing practices and is the founder and clinical director of New Mindful Life in San Diego, California. Her newest book is called Healing with Nature, Mindfulness and Somatic Practices to Heal from Trauma. And as everyone who listens to this show knows, I'm a real nature girl. So this should be a very exciting and illuminating conversation. Welcome, Rochelle, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you so much, Cynthia, for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I, it's great to have you. I'm just I, anything that has to do with nature and learning from nature and healing from nature and how we how we communicate with nature. I'm always really excited to discuss and converse about. But first of all, since we your the title in your book is Healing with Nature, um, why don't you describe what nature actually means to you? Yeah, great question. Um, well, nature in the traditional sense that we think of the natural world. Um, so our connection to how Mother Earth or the sense of all of the life, living creatures, and the way that the you know, planet is able to organize and function as a living system is all nature. And so, you know, we can connect to nature through Whatever experience brings us into it, whether that's to look up at the skies or connect with our houseplant or be in a beautiful um, landscape that's just full of natural surroundings, um, that's what we're pointing to with nature. Oh, that that's a that is a great answer because I just I look around and I feel that nature is my cathedral. <laughs> this is my church of choice, <laughs> right? And, and it encompasses everything, yeah. the sun, the moon, the stars, the, the yeah. rocks, the streams, the animals, just yeah. everything that's living, growing, and outside of us um, that we humans are walking around and participating in. So your book yeah. is really focused. Can- yes, go ahead. I was just going to say, and I would add that, and we are nature too. We're not separate from that. Exactly. We're made of the exact same elements and everything that you just beautifully described, that we too are, are made of all of that. Yes. <laughs> and connecting yes. to that is part of what's in this book. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's, I think that's the, that is the key actually to your book is that 
we are all connected. And that is, uh, that is what's very critical to understand. And because we're connected, nature can heal us because nature is part of us. We are part of nature. So uh, the tagline on your book, Healing with Nature, is mindfulness and somatic practices to heal from trauma. Well, mindfulness, I think most people are understanding what mindfulness means today. But uh, I want you, again, just let's go ahead and describe what you are referring to as mindfulness in nature practices. And then also let's talk about what is a somatic practice. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I think mindfulness is fairly well known now um, in the mainstream, but what I'm pointing to with mindfulness with nature is, is still these the beautiful insights and teachings that come from mindfulness, which is to develop a sense of clear and kind awareness, but that we can do that not only to our inner landscape, but to everything in the outer landscape and to really feel that sense of reciprocity and deep interconnection that's there for us to experience. And so we might have experienced mindfulness practice by, you know, sitting in an indoor location and listening to various um, guided practices that focus on different ways we can pay attention inwardly. But mindfulness in, in nature invites us to do that and to put ourselves in the container of nature and to be able to allow ourselves to sensitively attune to what nature is also guiding us with in any given moment. And so there's this lovely way of really deepening our practice uh, to the inner and the outer world when we can practice mindfulness in nature. This is so important. I, think, and I, I mean, I enjoy doing a meditation every day in nature. And to me, that grounds me mm-hmm. and starts off my day in a very positive way. And I feel really connected. So how does that lead into somatic practice? Yeah. So somatic um, practices are developed and have been around for um, about 30 years now by Peter Levine. And his intent to bring somatic healing into the trauma world was that because we are made of nature, because we have the organic intelligence to be able to wire ourselves back to healing, we might want to be listening to our bodies as having the answer to help us to heal from trauma. Um, The natural world really does this very beautifully and eloquently, and we can learn to do the same thing, too. So when we're practicing somatic healing within the container of nature, it's to really deeply experience our ability to feel and be present with our bodies and listening to the wisdom of the body to reveal what we need to do or experience or take care of to be able to heal. Another premise within... um, somatic experiencing is that when we have trauma, it really, if we didn't have a chance to resolve the difficulty that we went through, the trauma becomes stuck in the body. And Mm -hmm. so learning how to practice inhabiting the body again with some very specific um, practices and ways to experience or re-experience the body with the support of nature, we can release or unstick that trauma from the body. When you're talking about trauma, are you just also talking about pain in your body, whether it's back pain or, you know, aches or or could you kind of describe, because when we say Mm -hmm. the word trauma, people most usually think about something 
truly horrendous that has happened to them, you know, in yeah. their life, whether yeah, it exactly. be a, a car accident or sexual abuse or any kind of abuse or, you know, death, yeah. et cetera. But, but trauma can mean many other things as well. So uh, I'll let you go ahead and describe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. That's another um, big intent in my writing in this book is to really expand the definition and our understanding of what we believe trauma to be. And just as you were pointing to, all of those ways that you named are kind of how we might classically or clinically think about trauma. But really trauma is, is when we have a difficult or very distressing, disturbing event that we go through that basically overwhelms our ability to cope and in that moment of overwhelm and difficulty, we don't really have the resources we may have needed or needed access to at that moment to get through it in a skillful way. And as a result, we go on to kind of continue to live with that trauma being stuck in our nervous system. So when you think about it from the definition of that standpoint, just alone this last year, we all went through a very you know, by clear definition in that point of view, the pandemic, you know, a lot of us didn't have all the resources. Our normal resources right. were gone. We were probably overwhelmed at times to cope. And that itself was a traumatic experience to have to go through. So it really is more individual. When you look at that definition, asking yourself, well, what in my life points to that possibly being a definition of my own unique experience of that difficult event that I had difficulty to get through? Well, you know, um, I think you've just given a really excellent ex uh, example of what trauma can be on a global level, because this is how the mm -hmm. pandemic affected us. And there's so much research out there saying the very high percentage of depression and, uh, you know, yeah. people just the sadness and different things that have besides the death that has happened. But you know, people were very, very overwhelmed. So with that in mind, uh, how would how would nature be able to ease that suffering? I know on a personal level, for me during the pandemic, nature was my savior. <laughs> I felt so blessed to live, you know, in the country, you know, where there were hills and trees and streams and wild animals and you know I could I could be there within minutes and you know immerse myself and feel like I could breathe because in your book you talk a lot about the breath and breath is life yeah. but please discuss how nature really could or could and did help people through the pandemic yeah yeah I think you're not alone in that uh, observation of, you know, the refuge that many of us took um, during the pandemic of connecting to nature. I think it, it was really beautiful to watch as, as this book was actually fruiting itself. It had been in my heart to write for, for a long time, but I got to write it during the pandemic. And it was so interesting to see how people were turning to nature as a form of resource, as a form of support. And what, what is happening there is a lot of different things, but, you know, at a, at a very just biological level, we're wired to connect. We're wired to thrive in relationship. And when we are outside and we're with nature, it's not hard to feel connected. Where you look up at a tree and it's like, wow, it's providing you a shade. What a, what a beautiful offering. Or we see a, a beautiful flower blooming and we're touched by that. We feel connected to it. 
with see a little bee pollinating and it's like, oh, right, you know, and all of that, you know, experience and touching and connection to nature restores the nervous system. It lets the nervous system know, hey, you're not alone. It's okay. And we, we relax. We want to find a little flowing and a sense of calming, all of which is so necessary to support the healing and health of transforming trauma. So I think it, it, it was a natural way and when we were all forced to slow down to just start to reconnect us to nature in ways that maybe we hadn't really thought of before and were kind of forced to. Um, and so there's lots of ways in the book that we're exploring how, well, if we are going to experience focusing on the breath and attuning ourselves to the present moment, how can we feel the breath from the trees, from the plants, and feel ourselves giving back that carbon dioxide and that there's an exchange, there's a reciprocity taking place, and that feels restorative to our well-being. So really many different ways we explore in the book. That's just an example of, of really being able to tap into that relationship and that healing exchange that can happen when we're attuned and present and connected to ourselves in nature. And I think the other thing that really, really came to the forefront with that connection to nature is that nature continues. And it gave hope. Mm. I think it provided hope for to resume our lives and that hope that, you know, evolution was happening and that we weren't, it wasn't the end of the world because we yeah. as humans may be suffering, but nature was doing what it always did. And by us being exactly. sick, by us slowing down, nature was actually healing itself. I mean, there was, you know, you think mm -hmm. about there weren't airplanes in the sky. This, there wasn't all the, all of the pollutants. And I think just the idea of so many cities where wild animals were coming back into the city, yes. Yes. the elephants <laughs> and, you know, giraffes and hippo. I mean, that was really fascinating to yeah. me to experience and, yeah. and to see that happening. Didn't you find that? Well, if you're just oh, joining us, we're, yeah. Yeah, we're talking with Rochelle Calvert. She's a PhD, and she's the author of Healing with Nature, Mindfulness and Somatic Practices to Heal from Trauma. And this is her new book, and she wrote it during the pandemic, which was the perfect time uh, to do it. Now, in, uh, in Healing with Nature, you, have, you share several small stories of, um, you know, personal stories of things in your garden and or your backyard or when you were hiking and I was really drawn to the peas in your garden in the chapter healing health and living because uh, I also have a lot of squirrels and I've also had that same experience of planting something and watching it sprout and then two days later it's gone and so you were talking about <laughs> The, how the, we have the choices, you know, we have to figure out our options. So would you share that story? Because I thought, you know, the option obviously that you came up with was, was a uh, powerful one. And as you said, it can really remind us again as humans that in order to grow, we have to be supported and protected. So it's share that little story if you don't mind. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they still continue. So we still have this. I know, they do. In my, in my garden, they just decided to mow down some marigolds that I had planted. And I thought, well, good for you. You're having some good food. I'm glad I brought it in. Um, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> they're, 
<laughs> there are lots of different moments in the in the book. I was, you know, just pointing to what what were the options. We had squirrels who were infiltrating various plants and gardening that we had been tending to, and was realizing, you know, they're hungry too. They're foraging. Mm-hmm. That we're part of this living ecosystem together. And yet, you know, did I? take care of them in some way. That really wasn't an option for me. I care about them. I appreciate their presence in the garden. But how do I take care of the plants? How do I, you know, and how do I take care of myself and the relationship I want to have to the garden? And it really was a sitting with it long enough to watch all of the different reactions and patterns that might have emerged because of that tendency to, like, fix it and make it be changed or get the right outcome, which, of course, must be the garden. Right. Um, and really seeing that there were a lot of different options in how we could shore up and support everything in the midst of, you know, the mini crisis of how we can continue well, to produce. You know, the story just really resonated with me um, because I just had um, an article published just this week that I wrote that I called it The Birds Know Best because my cherries... You know, my cherries, my plums, my mulberries, um, and as well as my loquats. I was just waiting, you know, anticipating them to ripen. And every day as I was doing my meditation, I was watching this plethora of birds go to the trees and uh, steal the green ones. And cherries don't really ripen unless they're ripe, right? Mm. And I came to the same conclusion as you. I mean, finally, when Mm. I saw the Queen Anne's were blush with a little bit of red on them and, you know, and the Bing's were purple, I ran out there and picked a basket. But in the meantime, (laughs) all different birds had literally taken everything off the tree. And so I just had to say, okay, not only are they hungry, but gosh, I got to listen to their songs while they were doing it. I got to see all different kinds of birds. So sometimes when we're going through this, in order for us to heal from our whatever we're going through, maybe it was frustration, anger. I mean, it could be as simple as Mm. those things. We have to see the bright side of what did we, what did we value? You know, what, what came about from it so anyway but I I enjoyed your different stories that you had in there and all the different reflections Mm -hmm. that you write about in healing with nature I also just wanted to um, Mm -hmm. uh, point out and say thank you for the lovely poem that was by O.M. Livingston called Mysterious Mm -hmm. Nature that you included in Experience Insights of Healing Um, I think that's a poem, and I know there's not time now to read it, but I want to encourage people to go to page 204 <laughs> on Healing with Nature <laughs> and and um, just inhale it because that really, really, I think, helps move the energy. Well, we are getting to yeah. the end of our time, so I want to just give you a minute to kind of sum up how you would like listeners um, to indulge in healing with nature as well as Mm -hmm. uh, connect with it and connect with what you believe is important for the mindfulness and somatic practices so that we can all heal from whatever hurts or trauma that we are experiencing. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, you know, I appreciate you just bringing in the poem actually that, um, 
you know, that's at a point in the book where I'm really inviting us that through the different practices that have led up to that point, the possibility is that from the healing that we're able to transform with our trauma, we're stuck. Right. Well, I want to give out the website. Your website is newmindfullife.com. That's newmindfullife.com. And um, I want to thank you so much for being on the show with us here. The name of the book is Healing with Nature, Mindfulness and Somatic Practices to Heal from Trauma. The author is Rochelle Calvert, PhD, and it will be available wherever books are sold and online. So thank you so much, Rochelle, for coming on Star Style. Be the star you are, and we will be right back with a business bite. So don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you world change your life voiceamericaempowerment.com business bites here's cynthia bryan rush 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 seems to be the order of our past our fast-paced culture but in order to be successful in business and in life we have to be healthy and we have to feel like actually going to work so these are a few tips to help you face your work life again with vigor and enthusiasm when you do go back to work and hopefully you will want to. So take a mental relaxation break by taking a brisk walk outside in nature, preferably where you'll get a great view and be able to connect with something in the natural world. Laugh away your problems by renting a humorous video or watching a humorous um, show on TV. Enjoy a siesta instead of a heavy lunch. Just shut your eyes for a little bit and take a breather. Try eating a delicious tropical fruit, you know, or go dancing. Have your teeth cleaned. That always makes you feel good. And get a therapeutic massage. Learn to love water. Have a cup of tea with honey and lemon. Drink a big glass of water. Squeeze a little tangerine juice in it. Control your anger. Stop procrastinating. Every tiny thing you do for yourself is going to help improve your overall outlook on life. And then look on the bright side, even on cloudy days. A positive attitude and connecting with nature lowers your anxiety and increases your overall health. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be the Star You Are promotes positive role models 
produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Dare to care. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, we are back, and I hope that you enjoyed that interview with Rochelle Calvert and her book, Healing with Nature. I am a big fan of anything that has to do with being in nature. And I think that what, whatever, whenever you are in nature, you're going to feel rejuvenated, refreshed, and you'll be able to take on whatever is happening in your life. And it's very true when it comes to the aches, pains, and psychological stress, just breathing in the scents and sounds and tastes of nature are going to help you. So this segment, I want to talk about the optimum bias. And, you know, we're going to talk about having rose-colored glasses. There's a question. Are we born with them? It's, It's possible we are. Our brains might tilt toward the positive. I know if you've been listening to this show for how many, since 1998, you know that I am a positive, optimistic person. Uh, I'm pretty much the exact same off the air as I am on the air. I, I'm upbeat. I'm happy, even on those cloudy days. And like everybody, you have a bad day. But in general, no matter what, I always try to see the positive. Um, on whatever is happening in my life. And so this is something that has been being studied and the belief that the future is going to be better than the past and the present is known as the optimum basis. And, you know, we like to think of ourselves as rational creatures. You know, we watch our backs, we weigh the odds, we pack an umbrella just in case. But both neuroscience and social science are suggesting that we are actually more optimistic than realistic. And there are people that I personally think are pessimists that say that they're realists. And I feel that being optimistic is better. But on average, most people expect things to turn out better than they wind up being. And sometimes people hugely underestimate their chances of like losing their job or being diagnosed with a terrible disease or getting divorced. Um, Most people expect their kids to be smart and gifted or they envision themselves achieving more than their peers. And it's possible that they overestimate their likely lifespan. And science is saying many people overestimate by 20 years or more. So I hope I'm not overestimating. I've always said I'm going to live to 108. I hope people around me will too. But if I take away 20, that gives me 88, right? Anyway, that's still a ways away. 
The belief that the future is going to be better than the past, as I said, is called this optimum bias. So what it is, is it abides literally worldwide. It's in every race, religion, region, socioeconomic bracket. Um, school children, you know, when they're playing what I'm going to be when I grow up, they are really optimists. I mean, how many times have you heard a little kid say, when you ask them, what are they going to be when they grow up? And they give this litany of about 20 different things. It's so interesting. But the interesting thing, and there were studies done on this, is that even adults over 60 are just as likely to see the glass half full as these young kids do. Now, you might expect optimism to erode when there, we have so much bad news happening in the world. We have all, you know, we have wars, violent conflicts, high unemployment, uh, tornadoes, floods, fires, all these threats and failures that are shaping human life. And collectively, we could grow pessimistic about the direction of our country, the politics, the ability of our leaders, um, whether education is going to be improved, how we're going to reduce crime. But private optimism which is about our personal future, remains incredibly resilient. There was a survey conducted that found while 70% thought families in general were less successful than in their parents' day, 76% of respondents were optimistic about the future of their own personal family. So overly positive assumptions obviously can lead to disastrous miscalculations. And, you know, uh, some of those things that could happen if you're just overly optimistic, you might not get your health checkups. You might not get your um, vaccines. You might not apply sunscreen or maybe you don't put money away in savings um, or maybe you make more bad investments. I mean, those are all possible. But it, the bias also protects and inspires us because it keeps moving us forward rather to the edge of the cliff where we just want to jump off and give up. So without optimism, our ancestors might never have ventured from their tribes and we might all still be cave, travel, you know, cave uh, dwellers. I mean, can you imagine if we were all still huddled together in a dark cave and we were dreaming of light or heat or fire? Well, so to make progress, we need to be able to imagine alternative realities, and we have to imagine better ones. We have to believe that we can actually achieve them. As I always say, you know, uh, conceive, believe, achieve. So we have to have faith is what it boils down to, and faith is what helps motivate us to pursue our goals. So optimists in general will work longer hours, and they actually tend to earn more money. Economists at Duke University found that optimists actually save more money. And although they are not less likely to get divorced, they are more likely to get remarried. And what they, they, uh, what they have concluded with that is that an act in itself is a triumph of hope over experience. Now, I'm not sure, being the optimist I am, if I were to get divorced, which I don't plan on, but if I were, I don't think I would remarry. I think, I, I think, you know, once is enough. Well, so even if there is a better future, um, optimism has clear benefits in the present because hope keeps our minds at ease 
having hope lowers our stress and having hope improves physical health. Now, researchers that were studying heart disease patients found that optimists were more likely than non-optimistic patients to eat a lower fat diet, to exercise, um, and there before they reduce their overall coronary risk. And a study of cancer patients revealed that pessimistic patients under the age of 60 were more likely to die within eight months of diagnosis than non-pessimistic patients of the same initial health status and age. So there is this growing body of a scientific evidence that points to the conclusion that optimism may be hardwired by evolution into the human brain. So the science of optimism, which was once scorned as an intellectually suspect, you know, province of like cheerleaders. I was a cheerleader. You probably guessed that, you know, uh, pep rallies of smiley faces. It actually is opening a new window on the workings of human consciousness. And what it shows could fuel actually a revolution in psychology because the field is coming to grips with accumulating evidence that our brains aren't just stamped by the past. They are constantly being shaped by the future. And I find that to be really fascinating. So to think positively about our prospects we have to first be able to imagine ourselves in the future. And what optimism starts with might be the most extraordinary of human talents. It's kind of like a mental time travel. It's the ability to move back and forth through time and space and one's mind. And although most of us take this ability for granted, our capacity to envision a different time and place is in fact critical to our survival. So it's easy to see why cognitive time travel was naturally selected over the course of evolution because it has allowed humans to plan ahead. We save food and resources for times of scarcity. We even save toilet paper during the pandemic. And we learn to endure hard work in anticipation of a future reward. And by doing this, it also lets us forecast how our current behavior may influence future generations. If we weren't able to picture the world in 100 years or more, would we be concerned about climate change or global warming? Would we be concerned about living healthily? I mean, the reality is, would we even be concerned about giving birth or having children? So with mental time travel, we have clear survival advantages. Conscious foresight came to humans at an enormous price, obviously, and the understanding that somewhere in the future, death does await. But if we were only to think about death and the knowledge of death, then we would not even uh, do anything for the future. So the important thing to know is that knowledge of death had to emerge side by side with the persistent ability to picture a bright future. And when we do contemplate defeat or heartache, we can tend to focus on how these can be avoided and we can look at finding the positive in all the negative things that happen. So just do remember that we are hardwired to be optimists. So be an optimist and probably your future will be brighter. So thanks for being great listeners, allowing me into your life every week. Make sure you are tuned to Star Style, Be the Star You Are every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Network. We come to you live. 
Also consider listening to Express Yourself Teen Radio, where we have exciting guests every week on our um, on Sundays at 3 p.m. And that is will help you also change your life for the better and hopefully make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style Productions or myself, visit CynthiaBryan.com. If you're interested in getting involved with Be The Star You Are charity or you want to be generous and make a donation to keep these shows on the air and our outreach programs prospering and helping so many in need, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. We also have another website that is just the initials, BTSYA.org. My aim has always been and will continue to be to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. I want you to see beyond your physical being, know you already are the star you're dreamed of becoming. And I want you to commune with nature because nature can heal. Read a book this week, and I want to suggest Healing with Nature. And until next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, when we celebrate once again, Remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. This is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your authentic self unapologetically and make sure to have a very safe, healthy, and happy Independence Day. Happy 4th of July. Be careful with those fireworks, but do have fun. Thanks for joining me. See you next week. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.